my first immersion in a world I did not understand. Hence, perhaps, the book's sense of fresh discovery, its delight in unfamiliar history, and the youthful excesses that occasionally make me blush now. The buildings I loved are still intact. The mosaics of the great Omayyad mosque survive to mesmerize a future generation. The Sultan Saladin sleeps undisturbed in his tomb, and the doomed mausoleum of his warrior son, El Adil, hit by a mortar shell, did not collapse. The National Museum has cleared its shelves of artifacts for safekeeping, yet they will return, but it is easier to restore a people's buildings than their psyche. The Dhamma scenes that I remember were more open and inquisitive than those I encounter now. Fifty years ago, I could not walk down a street without being regaled by invitations to drink coffee. But now... It is as if a great lamp has been turned down. Nobody cries out to me. In part, this is the result of a mass tourism that has come and gone since I left. But after six years of war, the citizens less often meet my gaze. They have become private, weary, sometimes angry. This war will go on for ten years or forever, they say. Look at Libya, look at Iraq. Our economy is dead. A kilo of tomatoes used to cost forty Syrian pounds, now it's seven hundred. And how did you come to be here? There are no Westerners any more. The government finds new ways to tax us, but our salaries stay the same. Syria is bleeding. But when I encounter anyone more closely, an old remembered sweetness emerges, like the residue from centuries of civilization. People simply want an end to suffering. They are very tired. Everyone has a tale to tell of how mortar fire has wrecked a home or killed a child. If Damascenes support their brutally repressive regime, it is because the rebel alternative, lowering outside the walls, would be harsher still. It is a regime that unites its minorities in nervous coalition. The government of Bashar al-Assad is dominated by the Shia sect of Alawites, and the Shia are now more visible in this Sunni city. Their shrines, once little visited, are frequented by Iranian and Iraqi pilgrims. Other minorities, especially the Christians, who number 10%, fear what might become of them under extremist rebel occupation. There is no escaping the presence of war. There are roadblocks and sentry posts at every other street crossing, manned by soldiers toting assault rifles or sipping little cups of tea, cement-filled drums piled into barricades, streets throttled by razor wire and the unseen presence of the Muhabarat intelligence service adds another layer of fear. I encountered this shadow world while unwisely taking a photograph of the city from Mount Kassiun. Two plain-clothes men appeared from nowhere and escorted me to an unmarked room immured among ramshackle houses. Hours of inept questioning followed, before I was driven to an anonymous station in the modern city and taken to a disused prison cell, now stacked with filing cabinets, until a senior officer seated darkly in a vast office, began to believe me innocent. But meanwhile I saw a frightened young man brought in and fingerprinted, then led away to nowhere I could tell, and I remembered photographs of torture victims and unexplained dead. Of the people who befriended me long ago, I inquired in vain. I found Razouk's home in the old Christian quarter, but it had been gutted by builders and boarded up. Nobody knew where his family had gone. I glimpsed through a grimy window only a section of the marble-floored courtyard where we used to sit in the evening, 
now heaped with bags of cement. Of the Bahena family, Elias and Umtoni had died years before, and the children emigrated. Only Rada still lived in the city. I found her with her Armenian husband in a poor basement flat, a proud mother of three. The wide-mouthed face of the ten-year-old that I remembered was instantly recognisable, and her teasing eyes. We fell into each other's arms and found ourselves weeping. She remembered the bracelet I had given her and the clockwork toys at Christmas. I felt myself becoming young through her memories. I thought how blithely I had rented a room in her family's flat and how guilelessly they had received me. But Damascus was a happier city then, and I was too optimistic and perhaps too naive to feel any foreboding. In truth, I was more fascinated by the culture and history of this ancient and beautiful capital than I was by politics.